0: BACT empowers you to get it together with a single digital wallet. Use Back to aggregate, convert, send, and spend digital assets like crypto, loyalty, and rewards points and gift cards. Go to back.bakkt.com and start treating your digital assets just like cash. Exodus is one of the most loved crypto apps due to its sleek design and easy to use exchange feature. Secure and manage over 130 cryptocurrencies from your computer or phone. No account registration is required. Download Exodus at Exodus.com and you're ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, Director of News at The Block, and we are back. Joining us today is Franklin B., Director of Portfolio Development at Pantera Capital, a longtime friend of The Block and a very well-followed and respected luminary in the venture capital world.
1: Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Frank, for having me. I don't know if I'm as well-followed as you might think, uh, but that's okay. I'll plug my Twitter later on.
0: Well, listen, you know, it's not all about Twitter. You're well-followed by counterparties. Other folks who are trying to elbow their way into some of these deals. And we'll talk about that, that landscape, because you kind of have your finger on the pulse. Let's just talk at a very high level, right? There's a lot of, we kind of have a very similar job, which is projects to us in some respect or we look for projects to in my case write about in your case invest in and we have to separate the uh wheat from the shaft so to speak so how has business been
1: it's been great i mean it's been a really fun ride so far you know 2020 2021 it's all been just really exciting to see a lot of new projects launching uh, a lot of layer ones that are really starting to take off and just seeing how much closer we are now to that multi-chain universe that you know we thought could exist maybe four or five years ago and had a ton of speculation and excitement around, and then uh, you know now that we're actually seeing it all come to fruition, it's just uh, really increased the amount of work obviously that we have to put into the space, but it's also awesome to just see the new wave of entrepreneurs that are now coming in.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think makes this new wave different from? Previous waves. Are there firms that are focusing on new areas like NFTs and the like? How are they different from those previous?
1: Waves? Yeah, it's um, it's funny. So I would say in 2017, 2018, the uh, number of sort of entrepreneurs uh, in the space uh, was way smaller, and a lot of them were just more philosophically driven, right? It was about the cause, decentralization. Uh, empowering users and eventually getting to the point where blockchain as a technology is really changing a lot of the monopolies that we have in the web 2.0 world, in our financial system. And so their approach was sort of catered to that, right? It's looking for fellow evangelists to come along the ride. And now I think we're seeing that entrepreneurs are just more practical, right? It's a type of entrepreneurs that maybe in the past were kind of hesitating to come into the space, for a number of reasons. One, because they thought, hey, I'm seeing some huge scaling concerns here. You know, If I am a consumer entrepreneur, love building for the masses, and if I actually succeed with what I wanna build using a blockchain, I might actually crash Ethereum, right? So if an entrepreneur sees that and says, hey, am I going to dedicate the next five, 10 years of my life to this? The answer is probably no. But now what we're seeing is that the entrepreneurs that have been paying attention are seeing that scaling effect come to fruition, mm. right? They're seeing, hey, if I really do hit it out of the park, I'm not going to be limited by the scaling limitations of today's smart contract platforms. Number one, because there's layer two solutions like Arbitrum that have uh, launched onto mainnet. There's also other layer ones that have uh, bridges back to Ethereum that leverage, you know, bridges uh, for data and assets. And so the typical sort of friction of moving from one chain to the other is sort of taken out of that equation now, or at least it's starting to get there. And so the entrepreneurs now can say, hey, I really want to go after the big mainstream use cases, whether that's bringing DeFi to mainstream or NFTs for consumers.
0: And tokens have become important again in a way that maybe they weren't in 18, 19. That's right. Most most of those deals were gonna be equity deals. Now, I would say most investors, venture capital investors expect, you would know better than me, but the lion's share of projects out there to ultimately one day have some sort of token.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there was a lot of angst about that back in um, my days at JP Morgan, right? So in 2015, I got to be part of the team that started the uh, blockchain group at JP Morgan, right? Uh, It's now called Onyx, but back then it was really just a blockchain research and development group. And one of the things that we all sort of grappled with was this idea of whether you could have blockchain technology uh, without the token. And I think we've definitely got to that point now where enterprises maybe, but entrepreneurs and investors definitely have seen that crack of light of, hey, we need to have a token if we're going to have any type of decentralized protocol or network and i think the sort of aha moment is if you and i are trying to do something on the same chain and we're doing it at the exact same moment who decides who goes first Mm. if it's a human we're right back where we started right it's someone who needs to make that centralized decision of basically the ordering of transactions and that person or that entity can then charge us a fee, can control and censor us, all those things. So it's sort of a, a step backwards to exactly where we started if we take the token out. So by putting a token into a lot of these ecosystems, one of the key sort of roles that they play is coordination, right? It's the coordination mechanism that makes decentralization possible, because then it's not a human deciding, it's market forces. It's, I want it more than you want it, and I'm willing to pay a higher fee for it, for example. We're also in
0: an interesting part of this cycle where a number of companies, which you guys have backed over the last less than 10 years, they're about about 10 years, are now large enterprises that are going to have their liquidity event. We could see back, go public within the next, well, I think they announced that they got the green light. So, you know, you'll be able to sort of potentially get the liquidity on that. And then other companies you know, I'm sure you are invested in are going to be going public and then you, so now you have all of this capital, which you can potentially reinvest. So it's kind of like it creates this feedback loop where firms that have gotten big as a result of the bull market are now going to be able to reinvest
1: again into this next wave. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, we've been on the whole journey from the seed round to that, you know, sort of IPO moment with companies like uh, circle, right? Where we were in the seed round back in 2014 they went through a bunch of different iterations. Uh, Now that they're building payment rails using USDC and helping businesses to access that new payment network, they have actually kind of uncovered a business model that I think public market investors are able to digest. Mm. So I think there's a couple of impacts, you know, not just what you mentioned in terms of being able to recycle capital back into the space, but also seeing alums, from these companies that have been in the ecosystem for a long time now have the flexibility, financially, professionally, to go and build something new. And that's something that we've been looking forward to for a long time is just the new generations of founders that are coming from within crypto to sort of build the next layer of products, platforms, protocols that we need. Um, I think the other cool thing about some of these companies going public is that it's brought new investors into the space, right? A lot of growth stage, traditional tech investors have been waiting for this Coinbase IPO moment to say, hey, now our financial models for making a really sizable investment into these companies is now complete, right? It's been waiting for that one kind of variable that's been missing, which is how will public markets react to a crypto company being public? And so we're seeing folks like KOTU and Tiger come into the space, investing into some of our companies uh, like Alchemy, for example. And, you know, that's really exciting to see because at times I think it's been lonely.
0: But it's more competition now to get on the cap table.
1: That's right. That's right. So it's definitely a lot more competitive now for investors. One of my focuses at Pantera is actually thinking about that day in, day out. How do we add more value as investors? coming from the crypto native side of things, Mm -hmm. right? You know, when we think about how we support our portfolio companies, there's sort of two halves to the equation. There's the standard table stakes of how do we help them build their project and build their company, um, whether that's hiring, partnerships, uh, thinking about product and marketing strategy. And then there's the crypto native side, which I think a lot of new investors coming into the space don't recognize yet. Things like staking, participating in the network, focusing on decentralized governance and how we play a role there. That's all stuff that looks super different from, you know, just showing up at a board meeting once a quarter to review the financials.
0: Mm. I was talking with a source yesterday, right after I bumped into (laughs) Akon, my friend, friend of the show, and it was a very frustrating conversation because there's some sources that like won't tell you anything, but tell you a lot. Mm but not the specifics. And it's like, come on, you're like halfway there. Just get to the uh, finish line. Okay. And he was talking about how he's like, Frank, you know, every, to your point, you know, we've seen KOTU and Tiger, they've been very public, but those are more of like, more so like hedge fund quasi VCs, but across the VC world, ones that have not announced their intentions again in this space, they're all looking for that head of crypto person. And, you know, he was saying everyone, I'm like, well, which one specifically? Everyone okay, but name just one. He goes, all of them. <laughs> um, so you're going to have this new wave um, that's going to force you to rethink how can we add value as as you were kind of uh, delineating there before. And then there's also like, even on the crypto side, it's like getting more competitive. Like I see it mounting in, especially between A16Z and, and uh, Paradigm. And then, you know, you guys are obviously kind of in that tier one. And, you know, they make these announcements about new hires and about how they're they're bringing on folks to help with trading infrastructure. They're bringing on folks to help their portfolio companies recruit people. And you can see like this sort of tango of illustrating how they can add more value in a way that I find super ironic given back in 2017, when I first started writing about this space, it was kind of like the death of the VC. And now three years later, like so many of you guys are just trying to do mm so much beyond just writing a check. Do you think that's like a like a good way of like looking at it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of what you're seeing is that it's not so much that, you know, we're seeing the death of VC with crypto, but it's more that I think VCs are getting absorbed into the community, right? It's hard to think about them now as a separate class of participants in the market uh, where, you know, they're over here and retails over there and banks and you know, traditional funds are over there, we're all in the same place, right, which is that we're part of these decentralized communities, and we have a role to play there, right. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, if you're not participating, then you are kind of, you know, it's it's something that um is used as a term in traditional VC, you're dumb money, mm-hmm. right. And being dumb money is very obvious to any founder that's looking to raise capital today, right, where if you don't have this mentality of, hey, you and I, you know, the founders and investors, we don't have total control over this. That was never the point, right? So to try to act that way is a very unproductive way to spend our time. Whereas thinking about, hey, how is the community gonna react to this new product? Or what are the kind of proposals that people should be thinking about putting up on places like Ave and Compound today that are going to really help uh, that platform grow? So being part of that product development roadmap is one of the most exciting things that you could do as just a participant in the community.
0: How big is Pantera at this point?
1: So we are at around five billion in AUM. You're
0: getting close to being the crypto VCs and crypto funds are, you know, if if you looked at a list of like the top 150, Mm -hmm. 100, you know, venture firms and hedge funds, they're now rising up that ranking. I mean, that's significant um, capital.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point where you know, my old colleagues at JP Morgan would actually care about doing business with us. And that's great to see. Um, I mean, part of it is just that we've been grinding away at it for a long time, right? I mean, we started focusing on Bitcoin, Ethereum way before anybody else, you know, the first institutional Bitcoin fund in 2013, the first token focused fund, uh, in 2015, uh, and venture funds as well. It wasn't always so happy go lucky.
0: BACK is the digital wallet of the future, empowering you to manage all of your digital assets from a single place. BACK puts the power in your hands to get your crypto, loyalty and rewards points, and gift cards together to choose how you want to use them. Treat your digital assets just like cash and convert, send, or spend them using BACK. Get started today and get it together with BACK. Sign up at BACKBAKKT.com. For the last 10 years, Kraken has been known as one of the best platforms for trading crypto online. Now, with the new Kraken app, it's easier than ever to buy and sell over 60 of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the go, 24-7. Simply download the Kraken app, connect your bank account, and start investing for as little as $10. Just a minute is all it takes to get started. I also want to give a special thanks to Exodus. Exodus is one of the most loved crypto apps due to its sleek design and easy to use exchange feature. Secure and manage over 130 cryptocurrencies from your computer or phone, and interactive charts let you view the price history of a specific asset and your portfolio's performance over time. Sync your wallet across multiple devices to access your funds from anywhere. Maybe the best part is Exodus is integrated with the Trezor hardware wallet, making advanced security easy for everyone. Download Exodus at exodus.com today. Now you're Fairly big. That kind of changes the game a bit. You can't be as nimble. You can't. It makes it a little more harder to deploy, right? In some respects, you know, the more money you have, it kind of limits you in some ways, or maybe not. I mean, you're kind of you're thinking about what I'm saying and and saying maybe not. So yeah. I
1: mean, I think what we're seeing. I mean, with folks, um, you know, raising mega funds, we're raising a new fund as well. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not necessarily here to shill for for our project. You know, it's. It's more like we're growing with the industry, right? We wouldn't be here if the industry wasn't growing, if people weren't building. So For us to think about our next fund and how much we're raising, it really is about looking at the whole new set of entrepreneurs that are in the space, right? And how many of them we would love to back. And there's plenty of those. So we're actually not too worried about being able to deploy at size because we're just seeing so many great teams Coming together to focus on building on blockchains.
0: What's the headcount
1: for Pantera? We're at around sixty people now.
0: Do the math. What's five billion divided by (laughs) sixty? Pretty pretty good ratio. Um, What maybe does become more difficult is it sort of like logistical questions, like operational. Like, is there things when you get to a certain size that you have to do? You have to have maybe I don't know more custodians or more um, more lawyers. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what's different is that. There's a lot more fundamental analysis we can do now, Mm. right? Where I would say, you know, the early stages of venture are always sort of very fuzzy. You know, you think you have the basic business model down, you think you've got a valuation multiple to put on it. And that's um, at least some of the extent of the work that goes into it. Now, you know, we have DeFi projects that have real cash flows flowing back to the tokens. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty different type of analysis for us to be doing. Right it looks a lot more like public market investing, a lot more like late stage tech, yeah, so it is a different mentality there, and I would say super
0: interesting compared to like back in 2017 when you know you're thinking this is a white paper and a dream, it's much more difficult to do analysis around that versus you know something like uh you know yearn or some of these other protocols which are generating income for their users.
1: yeah, that's right. I mean, it's hard to go back once you've kind of seen what DeFi protocols can do, right? Once you've kind of seen the blueprint of how value can accrue in some of these applications that are built on blockchains, you start to realize, wow, there really is a blueprint here, right, for decentralizing marketplaces.
0: It's a very simple blueprint. You just need to add labs as the <laughs> second part of your name and then you're decentralized. That's, <laughs> that's what I've come down to. Um, This is this is getting really interesting. At the same time, though, like would you say it's easier to kind of do analysis on these companies, figure out the valuations, but the valuations seem crazy, right? Like they seem frothy to me, but when you go from a firm that was worth six hundred million six months ago and now is one billion today or one point five billion or three billion, whatever have you, it's from The vantage point of maybe just someone looking into this space and like, wow, this is insane, breakneck
1: growth. It's funny you put it that way. Yeah. Because for people looking from the outside in, it does look pretty crazy. But when you're on the inside and you actually see the numbers, it doesn't look crazy at all. Because when you look at some of the decentralized exchanges, right, and the way they're valued, that's one of the sort of easier examples to look at because there's a direct comparison to things like Coinbase and the inter- intercontinental exchange, right? And you look at the cash flows that things like Uniswap, SushiSwap are putting out, their valuation multiple is probably somewhere around 9, 10x revenues. Sometimes when things get heated, up to 15x. That's really reasonable. I mean, they're getting valued like traditional financial institutions, mm. which to me sounds like they're undervalued because the rate at which a DeFi project can grow is on a totally different scale. The profitability margins, totally different scale, right? So the fact that they have the same multiple as a financial institution that really isn't seeing the same level of growth doesn't make sense to me. It tells Mm. me that they're actually undervalued rather than overvalued.
0: Mm. I wonder what um, multiple JP Morgan trades at. That's interesting. Yeah. So you look at the deals that are coming to the table, you're
1: comfortable with most of those valuations. I would say we're still at a pretty healthy level of valuations today. There's always a point in the market cycle where speculation just outraces the fundamentals, but I don't think we're really into that part of the cycle yet. You know, we're still seeing folks that are looking at cash flows. That's the amazing thing, is that uh, users are paying to use these services, and you can see the uh, the income that they're producing, right? So what that means is um, on the investor side of things, as long as we're still looking at the fundamentals and drawing out what the multiples are there, we're still not at the point where um, you know, you're really starting to see the speculative mania. So what... What types of
0: companies are you most excited about investing in over the next 6 months? Like I could have asked a question about maybe how the mandate has changed, but throughout this thread you've kind of alluded to it. Which firms are you most excited about backing? I feel like there's been a slight shift away from picks and shovels and more towards DeFi.
1: We are heavily moving into DeFi. We've been investing into DeFi probably since 2017. You know, we were one of the earliest checks into 0x. Uh, decentralized exchange. Um, we recently, more recently, invested into uh, One Inch, mm. um, a DeFi exchange aggregator, Ondo protocol that's working on uh, structured products. You know how One Inch got its name? I don't actually. Well, I can share.
0: I asked just before I hopped on because I've been dying to know. And apparently, it alludes to Bruce Lee's One Inch Punch powerful, impactful, without a lot of effort. That's where the name derives from. That's very cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we have been really excited about what the One Inch team is doing. Um, for us, we think that they could become really the gateway for power DeFi users. You know, there's a lot of sort of um, there's a lot of questions about where value ends up occurring, right? Is it the base layer? Is it applications? Uh, and One Inch, I think, is a great example of what happens when you can really capture the user experience in one place right? If it becomes the go-to place for you to execute any trade, that's really powerful because you can build new products on top of that. Uh, and you can almost essentially uh, cross-sell new financial services to that group of users. And we've seen that playbook in traditional finance too.
0: It's interesting. I feel like crypto, You know, we, we saw that Fortune Magazine cover. I, we spoke with um, People Pleaser who, who, who commissioned it and She described how the inner part of the image, which is all of the crypto anons, is like bright and very colorful. And then in the backdrop, it's like this bleak looking Wall Street skyline, crypto versus Wall Street. And throughout um, my involvement in the space, there's always been painted this stark juxtaposition. But if you look at what's happening in DeFi, isn't it just Wall Street rebuilt from first principles? I mean, you see things like DeFi credit default swaps, DeFi zero coupon bonds, DeFi um, collateralized lending, all of these. I mean, it's, it's structured products, but you can see it on a blockchain. So is it that antithetical?
1: I don't think it is because I think what you're talking about is financial innovations, right? And I think financial innovations always have a role to play somewhere in the ecosystem, right? Whether it's transforming risk, helping uh, new classes of investors to access some asset or, what, or whatnot. But I think the flaw that we see with Wall Street running financial innovation is that it always gets to a point where a single bank's profits overcome the health of the system, mm. where my P&L at the end of the day becomes more important than the health of the financial system, because that's how the incentives work. Right. And I think what DeFi changes about financial innovation is it says that actually being part of the ecosystem and owning a part of the ecosystem changes the incentives so that we're less likely to get to that situation where financial innovations are hurting rather than helping the average user.
0: We've kind of gone through a bit over the course of this show. We'll end on maybe something that you're contrarian about, or maybe the firm as a whole is contrarian about relative to your peers?
1: One of my more contrarian things, I would say, is um, how we get to a multi-chain universe, I think. you know A lot of folks think that we're going to end up in a place where uh, we're depending on bridges, but I think that actually data oracles are going to have a big role to play in how uh, people are able to interact with different chains to the point where it almost becomes frictionless for people to think about where they uh, end up building their application. So one of the things that I really believe wholeheartedly is that block space or sort of where you sit on a blockchain is going to be irrelevant in the future. Mm. That developers won't have to think at all about you know what happens if I need to move my application from one layer to another layer. What they really need to think about is which blockchain is just best suited for where I build my product, and for the end user that becomes totally irrelevant as well because they'll end up running their transactions through Polkadot or near or solana or eventually back to ethereum and a layer two on ethereum and all of that is going to become sort of seamless and frictionless if we spend enough capital and time and resources on building out those bridges building out the oracles to make that all happen So a lot of the kind of angst that is happening around one layer one beating out another is just totally irrelevant to the future sort of multi-chain universe that we're going to see.
0: And we shall see. Well, Franklin B. at Pantera, where can our listeners learn more about what you guys are doing?
1: Yeah, you can find us at uh, www.panteracapital.com. You can find me on Twitter at Franklin B.I., And uh, I'm happy to chat anytime.
0: Thank you much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Frank.
0: The Scoop will be back with you again for another great episode. Have a awesome day.